Well, hello and howdy. It's your friend Amy Knight. It's great to be back in your ear hole, and thanks for listening. We are going to get right down to it today because my friend Dave Bowers comes over and we ended up talking for over an hour. We're going to make this intro short and sweet so you can get to know my friend Dave. Let's go. My friend is here. DCB. That's what I think of every time I think of your your name. David Kane Bowers. Yes. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Thanks for coming over. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah. So if you have been to Chesapeake's in the last 13 years for any amount of time, Dave Bowers was probably bartending. 13 years? I was there 13 years. I left five years ago. Yeah. And now you're working at the new Yeehaw yes, place, Yeehaw. which is so cool. Yes. But I want to talk about Chesapeake's a little because you were there for so long. So mm-hmm. I was there, you know. Um, what year you, did you start? Help me with 13 years ago. I'm, my math I is hard. I started in <laughs> 2004. 2004. Because I moved, I moved here in 2000. No, maybe it was 2000. Five. I think it was 2005 that I started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you moved from where? I moved here from Johnson City. Oh, okay. I moved up there to play in a band and go oh, to school, okay. and playing in a band was way more fun. Those Johnson City boys, they can be trouble. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of trouble in Johnson City, actually. <laughs> no shade to Johnson City. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do have a lot of friends. There's a lot of people that live in Knoxville from that. Or from Johnson City. They managed to escape yeah, Johnson it se- City. It seems like the, um, I don't know, like the big city, maybe. like It's... No, I'm saying like people that live in Johnson City, like to move to Knoxville is like moving to the big city. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, Johnson City has a lot of things that it's got a small town feel with, you know, just a, a wide variety of things going on. Yeah. It's, a, it's a cool... It's a cool little city, I and mean, you've got you've got the mountains that are literally five minutes away from campus, right? And so we found ourselves getting in a lot of trouble there. And <laughs> you can go out to, and you can escape out to Unicoi or Irwin. Oh, I don't know of. So just uh, south of Johnson City uh, is the town of Irwin. That's where they hung the elephant. Oh, if you've ever heard um, of. If you yeah. ever heard of that. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't get me started on Thomas Edison. <laughs> Do not. Brock gets so like, leave the guy alone. Because I'm like, that may- I get on a soapbox Edison about was Thomas. kind of a trash person. He was a trash person. Yeah. He was a garbage person. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so, but, well, I will say that Johnson City, most of the people that I know that came from Johnson City are musicians. There's a lot of musicians around here that... Yeah, a lot of musicians came out of uh, Johnson Johnson City. City. I got a job at this little place called Amici's. It was an Italian restaurant up there. I was using my friend's address as my home address, and I didn't have any place to stay. I I moved up there, and I didn't I didn't have a place. I I was sent up there to find a place by my friends, and you're the scout. Yeah, I was the (laughs) scout, and. For like two months, I was up there, and uh, I was living out of my car. So people would, we would get off work at night, and everybody would go to their cars, and I would just 
drive away with everybody else, and then I would come back and park in the parking oh, lot wow. and sleep there overnight. Oh, Dave. And I had, I had everything that I owned in an 86 Honda Civic hatchback. Wow. It was a... Uh, it was a really fun time. Oh, how long did you do that? You said um, two, like about two months? two months. Yeah, and I got down to my last uh, four hundred and fifty dollars, and I found that's still a lot of money. Though. I mean, that's enough but, for a down payment, maybe for a, that was like first month to get rent. it. Yeah, that was yeah. Um, that was to get into this apartment, and uh, we got a three bed. Well, it was technically a two bedroom apartment with a walk in closet. <laughs> Which and, could serve as a bedroom if necessary. Yeah, it, and it did. <laughs> oh, it did yeah. um, because we were trying to move our band up there. I played in a band called The Narrow Way, and we covered lots of Pink Floyd songs. Oh, and, nice! And things, and did a lot of psychedelics, and so it was. Uh, it was really fun. Uh, but we moved into that place with six people. It was mm-hmm. a two bedroom and a walk in closet, and we moved in there with six people. We had a guy living in the kitchen on a couch. <laughs> <laughs> we had a couch in the kitchen. How old are you? I was, let's see, that would be, I was 21 years old. Yeah. yeah. About the time you need to be doing stuff like that. Yeah. If you're doing stuff like that in your 30s, it's sad. But yeah. if you're doing stuff like that in your 20s, it's like, yeah, you're doing stuff like that. Yeah, I did that. You need to do stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> so keep going. So after Amici's, I worked at Ruby Tuesday. It was in the mall up there in Johnson City, which it's not there anymore. A mall Ruby Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, it was a mall Ruby Tuesday. And I started serving there after after I uh, left here. And it was a really good time. I, I made a lot of friends that I still have to this day. Don't you love and, that? That's, yeah, how, I mean, that's how Barley's has been for me. They're the people that keep you grounded. Right. You know, that let you know, hey, these are people that... Have seen you grow up, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and they know me from a, a completely different phase of my life. Right. So that's, it's one of those things where, you kind of need that. Be like, oh yeah, this is where I'm from. Yeah, yeah. But that's true. So I left Johnson City uh, in 2002. At the very end of 2002, and I moved to Knoxville. And I got put into a Ruby Tuesday corporately. I had gone around and trained bartenders in five different Ruby Tuesday here. Oh, you Ruby were Ruby Tuesday went through this big thing where they were... That's a different thing. They were clearing out all of their old heads that had worked there for a long time. And it was just, just this crazy thing where loss prevention was going through. And if... You know, you had somebody sitting at the bar drinking and they wanted a Coke and they would go back and watch your old film. And if they saw you give away a Coke on one day, they would take that to consider you'd given away a Coke every shift you had worked. And so they were filing lawsuits against people for one of the bartenders that was at um, the mall down here that was in Easttown Mall. uh, Rest in peace. She had worked there for since it opened, and it, she had been there, I think, sixteen years. And they went through, and they fired her, and filed a lawsuit against her for, I think, it was somewhere around thirty thousand dollars. Wow! What were on what for 
for giving away cokes for yeah for oh, wow. handing a coke a bar uh, a coke to a bar guest so they they multiplied it by the number of shifts that she'd no. worked over that period of time and they were filing lawsuits against people and they were going through and clearing out everyone that had been in their industry for a long time why why not just like the just fire someone. Why the lawsuit? That's it, insane. It was. That's like charging a staff for like dropping a plate. I mean, yeah. Which, which some people do, but on a scale that's like insane. Right. Thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, and it, it was. That was just the tip of the iceberg of crazy with that place. Um, Those corporate it, it was, restaurants, man. I tell you what. It was an awesome place to work, and we felt like we. You know, we had we had a sense of family with the place, right. and so in our kitchen they had a a banner that was hung up, and it was our mission statement. Yeah, and yeah. you know, it was to be the guest first choice, uh-huh. to be a great place to work and a good investment because they wanted you to invest, you know, into the company so the company could grow, and it did exponentially. Oh, they offered. Um uh, 401k. 401k. Yeah, a price match 401k. Oh, so wow. anything that you invested in the company, they would match that. That's and not every restaurant for sure. We showed up. We showed up at work one day and the banner was gone. The old banner that was there. They had come in in the middle of the night and changed the banner to be the guest's first choice and a great investment. They took a great place to work out of the mission statement. Yeah, it's like and, a deliberate. You oh, have to get a whole other sign made and everything. It like was absolutely deliberate. It was absolutely deliberate. So they were basically saying, "We don't give a shit about our employees." Right. Right. Yeah. You cannot give a shit about your employees, but why, like, throw it in their face that you're not giving a shit about them? Yeah, and it was. I, I, I think that they just thought that we wouldn't notice. And, well, and it was a parent um they thought something because they came in the middle of the night they didn't want to do it in front of anybody because they didn't want anybody asking questions yeah yeah and it was it was rough and that's when they started going through and firing everyone i had already moved away from johnson city at the time i had moved here in 2003 and that's when i was like going through and training everyone Mm -hmm. and i felt kind of bad too because i had just trained the head of loss prevention for the company oh wow and um, he, he was telling me there was this word of mouth memo that came out and it was called the Ruby Tuesday way. Whoa. And it was, they are shaking things up at the court. Who is, did, this, did you all get like a new, uh, did we got Ruby Tuesday new, get a new own, like director a new, of operations? Okay. Yeah. We got a new director of operations oh, and so um, he's behind all this. Yeah, and so he got canned, too. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, he shook too hard. Yeah. Um, last I heard, he was working for Cracker Barrel. Mm. So this memo came out, and this is after I'd moved to, like I said, moved to Knoxville. My friend, who was still a general manager in the company, calls me, and he's like, man, you are not going to believe this. He said, we were just told over a conference call about the Ruby Tuesday way. 
and it was an image that they wanted to project. It was whenever they went through and they changed everything from, you know, just casual American dining to they tried to be more fine dining and they tried to they tried to like refine it down to be more like Silver Spoon, which is part of the same company. Right. Oh, I loved Silver Spoon. Silver Spoon was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really good food. But um, he said, there's this memo and it says, anyone who has anything wrong with their teeth, what? first infraction, they're fired. Wrong with their teeth? Anything. If your teeth like are like... Like a piece of spinach stuck in them? No. If, if like you have like you a have cavity or you're issues. missing, if you have dental issues or your teeth are just crooked, um, they, they did not want Why am I getting a be, picture of like when people check horses' teeth before they buy them or the teeth on the dog show when the... Well, when they, it's like, yeah, do yeah. they come through and like lift people's lips and no, be like? I mean, this you can see like stuff. when people smile, they wanted perfect smiles out front. Whoa! Um, also, if you were, if you appeared to be obviously gay, then first infraction. Mm. If you were late, you know, a late a couple of minutes, or you know, you you but your mess sexual up anything choice, up. Like, right? About your yeah. This is the in, way that you carried yourself. Yeah, the way that you, you carried were, yourself. You know, flamboyance was not anything that you could get away with. Wow. There. If you were pregnant and did not have on a wedding ring, they did not want David, that image. you are lying. I'm not kidding. No, this was never put on paper, but this was the Ruby Tuesday this way. This insane. was the word of mouth memo that came out. And a lot of the old, the old heads that that were there started to leave. Well, and, yeah. and you know, a, a lot of, there were still a lot of good people in the company and you know, some of the founders were really good people, but yeah. it was like in their later years. And they just hired the wrong guy too. They did. And like. he was, he was a terrible person, but we will, we will say his name. Um, right. That's, but yeah, I'll um, look him up later. And so then you started noticing all these people just disappearing mm -hmm. from the restaurants and it was like any infraction, they were just gone. And uh, that's when they started firing, like, all of the people, like, from around. Can we just say, infraction, representing yourself the way that you want to represent yourself is a human choice. And Yo, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. For them to say infraction yeah. on someone with well, their, no, no, like, I, I, how I, they, uh, it, it just, it didn't fit their mold. Yeah, you know, I it get didn't it. fit the yeah. cookie cutter commercial mold wow. that they wanted to have. So, wow. that's, um, just wow, that would not fly today. No, not at all. Oh no, my it was. See yeah, how long, was see how far we've come. Two thousand two, uh, two thousand three. Yeah. So you know, twenty one years ago, things are much more liberal much, today than they yeah, were. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So that's a little reminder, maybe, of yeah. how far we've come. Like yeah. it, it seems like we're like, oh, is there is it ever going to change? But if you look back, I mean, think of Harvey Milk. Yeah. Uh, in San Francisco in the 60s and mm -hmm. what I mean we've we really have come a long way yeah there's a lot of things that we we can need, still improve we you know a lot of things that we need to yeah. improve on but considering you yeah. know women have pockets in their clothing now <laughs> praise be <laughs> of course they're not very deep because we don't have that much to carry and y'all love we to show them purse. off yeah well it, that's a beautiful dress Thanks, it's got pockets. Do you know what? Somebody just said that to me the other day. A woman came in and someone complimented on her skirt. She said that. And the person that complimented her said, 
That's what everybody says. Every woman will say when you when yeah. you call her a skirt, it's got, well, pockets. It's got pockets because yeah. it's so unusual and it's so amazing when it does. We yeah. need pockets too, <laughs> <laughs> and not just like the little fake watch pockets. Oh yeah. Oh, and, the, and jeans, when you're sewn jeans, together yeah. too, like yeah. that's even what's like, the what point? The Why not doing? just put a pocket? Yeah. Yeah. Like a pocket's a decoration, but not utilitarian for a woman. I right. guess they think we have that purse. Why do we need pockets too? Not every woman carries a purse. That's exactly right. Got to put. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So going back to the horrible company. Um. So it then I was a Ruby Tuesday here, and I'd settled in to one of their locations here, and I got put in corporately after I'd gone through and trained bartenders and. I ended up getting fired from Ruby Tuesday about a year after I was there. Ooh, what was your infraction? <laughs> um, so we were we were gifted this bottle of uh, liquor from our distributor. It was back when you know if you ordered stuff, they would just give you samples. You know, whenever they could just give things away, laws have changed, and right. since then they can't even give away merch anymore. No, but um. So we were given this bottle of liquor that we didn't use and it got bounced around behind the bar for probably three months and ended up in a cardboard box under our dish sink. And so I had asked my bar manager if I could have it. And she said, yeah. And I asked her, I was like, do we pay for it? Do we inventory it? She goes, no, it just lives in that cardboard box under the dish sink. And so I asked her if I could have it and she said, yes. Well, considering that I had been put in there corporately and I was the only guy in an all-girls club. They were looking to get me out of there in mm -hmm. any way possible. Mm -hmm. So one of the bartenders that I had just trained who wanted my shifts went to our general manager and said oh, wow. that I stole this bottle of liquor from, from the restaurant. You're Caesar. Yeah, yeah, I got Caesar. You got like, seriously Caesar. But um, so she, had, she went and told him right in front of our district manager. She waited until both of them were there, and then she went into the office and told him that I'd stolen this bottle of liquor. Hmm. And so on the day after Halloween, uh, it was November 1st. We had a 9 o'clock meeting. It was on a Sunday morning. I'd been up all night because I feared that if I went to sleep, then I would miss this meeting. It was a mandatory meeting. Right. Um, but... I go in and um, the district manager is there waiting for me and said, David, can I speak to you for a second? I Also, mind you, I am still in a serial killer costume. Oh, no. And my hair is this giant Jufro. And I, I had been up all night <coughs> oh, no. doing God knows what. But... Um, I I go and I sit down at the table and he said, did you take this bottle of liquor? I said, yeah, I, I did. I was, I was told that I could have it. Right. And he said, do you still have it? I said, yeah, I, I still have it. It's sitting on a shelf at my house. I have never opened it. I just wanted it for the bottle. Right. And he said, then go get it. So, so I went leave. home, and this is Sunday. Liquor stores weren't open then. There's no way I could have replaced it. Right. And Which I think it was strategic that 
you know, that they had this meeting on Sunday because they knew that I couldn't go just get a bottle of liquor. So I went home, I got the bottle completely unopened. I brought it back. When I get there, they have a police officer there to arrest me for uh, theft. They called the cop. They were going to press charges. Yeah, they were going to press charges on me. And what is happening at this company? So I brought it back and the officer, the officer looks at the manager and says, is this the bottle he took? And he goes, yeah, that's it. And he said, and it's unopened. He said, yeah, it's unopened. (sighs) And, and he said, so obviously he just went home and got it. Right. Because he can't. Right. Because, and so he asked me if I had any kind of record and I said, no, I've never been arrested. I've never gotten anything more than, you know, I got a speeding ticket when I was, yeah when I was younger. And, and you told them that you were told that you could have yeah, it. Yeah. And I told them yeah. that I was told by our bar manager that I wow. could take it. And it's a trap. I'm being framed. Yeah. I, I seriously <laughs> felt set up because, yeah. you know, I had been in the company for quite a while at that point. Oh, too. And that like, feeling like your blood is like, hot you're like hold yeah and like, this is after i've gone into five different restaurants and trained bartenders so, you're, so you, feel, you feel you're part of this company's family you're like yeah you're part of the team mm. and you just got backstabbed yeah i got backstabbed yeah. and uh the officer wouldn't arrest me well, he said great he said Good. so this is the same bottle he took you all didn't pay for it you didn't inventory it <laughs> technically it didn't exist within your restaurant yeah. And he said, I'm not going to ruin this guy's life. Really? Over, Thank. over no I wish harm, I, no I foul. I wish we knew that officer's name. Yeah, me yeah. too. I, I really wish. The district manager was livid that the police officer wouldn't arrest me. Good. I'm, livid. He, he deserved all that negative energy that he was having. Yeah. <laughs> I, I then called um, the head of loss prevention that I had trained behind the bar because I I had been with the company for so long. I knew every in and out of the way the computers worked. And when I was training him, he sat for a week with me at the bar and he said, I want you to show me every way that, you know, I was like, I can't show you unless it's in certain situations, how we can be ripped off of how I could take money from. Right. And so I said, how about this? How about you sit there and you watch me and then I will come over and I yeah. will just hand you money that I could take nice. from time to yeah, time. That's... And then I will explain to you how I can do that so you can fix it. So I then called, like after I got fired, I called him and he said, I assure you, we're not going to press charges. Like he apologized profusely. He was like, I'm really sorry this happened. All I right. said, hey, you know, I wouldn't take money from this place. And so he assured me that they wouldn't press charges. So I never heard anything else from them. Mm. Nothing else from Ruby Tuesday. Just what a mess. Yeah. I mean, what a... I'll still go wreck that salad bar, though. <laughs> yeah. Things right. go. But I mean, how to create drama where there is no drama? I mean, this is a right to hire state. If you want to fire somebody, you can just fire somebody. You don't have to... They wanted to make an example out yeah. of it. Yeah. The example was made on them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The example got made on the them. The spotlight got shown on what yeah, and petty. Most Ruby ridiculous. Tuesdays now are sinking flaming into yeah. the ocean. So they they tried mm. to expand span too much and just try to do too much. And if there was something on the menu that people really liked, 
they would take it off <laughs> in hopes that they would order something else. What? It was crazy. It, it was nuts. Is... And, and like working in the restaurant, you would see it firsthand, like all the really, really popular dishes would just disappear. And then, of course, you as the server get to deal with all day. So, wait, I came in here for such and such. Yeah. Why isn't the such and such here? Yeah. Oh, well, they took it off the... Why? Because they were hoping you would like something else better. Yeah, which you can't say. No. But that's the truth. You're just in your mind, you're going, this company sucks. <laughs> ba -na, ba -na, yeah. You should eat somewhere else, but it, I can't say that. It became just... <laughs> terrible wow okay so then you left that so place i left that and I, toxic relationship right yeah then <laughs> i went to work at copper cellar banquets and catering oh back into another toxic relationship copper yeah. cellar corporation but copper cellar banquets and catering was awesome <laughs> no and i know it was hey, really... i was there for nine years on the river yeah upstairs yeah. at the river but yes but from 1990 to 1999 okay yeah so, so you I was were there, there from... after me we've had this yeah. talk before yeah 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 it um, was a lot of fun. It was and a lot of fun. For, did you work for Kimberly Sturkey? I did work for Kimberly Sturkey. Kimberly Sturkey. is awesome. She was awesome. Yes, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. She was great. She was my favorite boss up to that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a couple more since then that I've loved even more. But Yeah, me too. I, I've shout had out a, to Mary I've had Beth. A couple, but, but she could schmooze. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my. Oh, and it's lovely to watch, isn't mm -hmm. it? Yeah. yeah. She's oh. very good at it. Yeah. We were the caterer for Nashville locations. Mm -hmm. In my time, they didn't have a catering department. Mm -hmm. So whenever they would get a gig out there that was just too good to pass up, like, say, the governor's daughters getting married mm -hmm. at the Parthenon, which yeah. we did. Yeah, I got like, to go to the Parthenon come, yeah, yeah, we come, yeah. So, you know, yeah. Do the big, Hermitage. Big picnics for senators and mm -hmm. governors and stuff like that. So um, one time we went um, out for one of those and... Kirk Gibson. He came out with us, and it was a big picnic for like 800 people for a governor's fundraiser or something like that. And so we spent all day just like slinging pig. You know, we had a big truck backed up, a big yeah. freezer truck, you know, for our ice and stuff. And it was a big to-do. Well, afterwards, you know, we're in Nashville, so we all want to go out. So Kurt takes us all to a strip club. And face everybody's way into this strip club, and we like he, but he didn't go in. So I don't know if it was like a how funny I know, but he paid for everybody to go. And then one of my favorite stories coming back um, from one of the Nashville gigs, it was me and this guy Barry, and we were driving the big red truck. I'm driving. Barry passed out in the seat next to me, just leaving me alone. I am hungover. As hell. Sick, sick, sick. Every mile marker, I'm just puking in a cup, throwing it out the window. <laughs> puking in a cup. Oh, God. Just keep driving. Just keep driving. Puke in the cup. Throw <laughs> it out the door. Just so happy that Barry is sleeping so he doesn't have to watch me puking in the cup, throwing it out the door. Yeah. Just living in my own misery barreling down the interstate trying to get back home it was awful oh and then you get you get back to the restaurant you had to unpack all the trucks oh yeah you had yeah. to clean everything wash everything put everything back oh it's yeah, miserable catering was, yeah catering got miserable sometimes it, some gigs were too it's yeah. just a lot but there were a lot of gigs that weren't a lot so it evened out yeah and you make good money yeah, it was great money. Yeah. You know, they don't get the gratuity anymore. And now it's just like standard $20 an hour. 
You are kidding me. No, I'm not kidding you. That is some bullshit. Yeah. That's not right. That's not right it's, at all. Yeah. We got minimum wage. We didn't get like server. Well, we got zero. Whenever oh. I worked there, we got zero dollars an hour and only gratuity. Oh, wow. They changed it from when, yeah, we would get like minimum wage, but then we would also get gratuity. It was really good money. In fact, when I first started at Calhoun's on the River, I worked as a server downstairs, Mm -hmm. like just in the restaurant, for a a little over a year. And then I went to Hostess, and I was Hostess for about a year. And then Kimberly was like, hey, I need an office manager so for the banquet department. So I went upstairs and was office manager for the banquet department for about three years. And then I realized... um, and wanted, well, I wanted to change the pace, but then I was like, I knew how much money all those servers made, you know? It was mm-hmm. good money, so I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah. can I switch? And that's when all the fun started, was going that's out and like, catering gigs. one of the gigs. things about this industry that's so crazy, because if you need this much money, yes. you know that you can go to work, right? and if you work hard enough, you can make that much money. Yeah. Or you can pick up a shift. Yeah, you can pick up a shift. You know, the cash in hand part of it is very, very dangerous. I know, right? And yeah. it it tends to get people sucked in. I mean, I, I remember becoming a bartender at Ruby Tuesday, and I still remember the exact moment of me standing back in the kitchen and eating one of the garlic bread twists, and the bartender there, Sarah, came, came back to me, and she said, Hey, you're really good at talking to people. Do you want to be a bartender? And without hesitation, I just said, yes. Nice. <laughs> I, I grew up Pentecostal. I knew absolutely nothing about alcohol. I knew she nothing. She just judged on your personality that you would make a great bartender. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just, yeah. Ba- just like, hey, you could probably Wait do a minute. this. I, the first time, um, whenever I was waiting tables at... At Calhoun's, the first time that someone ordered a drink from me was a VO in water. Oh, well now, you know, that doesn't sound hard, but if you don't know alcohol, you're like, what the hell is a VO? I know. And so all through training, I had been taught that, okay, VO is salad dressing. That was the short yes, for salad. It's yes, vinegar yes. and oil. So I brought this guy vinegar, oil, and water. Good. And he looked at me like there was an alien on the side of my face. And it was, you know, I'm 18 years old. I think I know everything. And I know absolutely nothing. O-V or V-O. See, I call it O-V, oil and vinegar. But V-O, yeah. V-O and water. And you literally did. I brought him vinegar, oil, and water. That's precious, Dave. That's really cute. Yeah, but I got better. You got better. Yeah, I got better. It's okay. You got better. Mm head bartender job at um, Chesapeake's came open. Which is in the same family as the yes. Copper Cellar Corporation. Yeah, I worked, as I've worked so know. many years yes. for Copper Cellar. Right. Yeah. It's almost embarrassing. Yeah, me, nine years. Yeah. yeah. And I quit on September 9th, 1999. And I had worked there nine years. Really? Yeah. Nine, nine, yeah. 99. Yeah. It's like that morphine song. Nine, 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 nine. Okay, go uh, ahead. So uh, then I went over there and I interviewed for that because I'd just been bartending, you know, banquets and going out and doing caters and bartending private events. And so I got that job and yeah. I was over there and it was terrible at first. 
uh, I replaced Jim Bergen, who is still there. Jim ended up coming back like after a while, but I replaced him, and he'd been there for he'd been there fifteen years. Wow! And people would come in. People were upset. Oh, they that were the reg bartender yeah. was not there. They would come in, Who's this see guy? me behind the bar, and then just turn around and walk out. Oh wow! And oh, it, well, that's got to shatter your it <laughs> your was confidence. Awful, and and so I started just pleading with people. It's like, like, hey, wait, just get please, to know me. Give me, yeah. give me a chance. Like they wouldn't hire me if I couldn't make a drink, right? And so, and I, you're cool to talk to. So yeah, come on, I'm okay. Man. Yeah, I've, I've got some stories, um, <laughs> but I. Ended up staying there for a long, long time, you know, 13 years and ended up having just tons and tons of regulars. Mm-hmm. And then when you quit, those regulars came in and were like, where's Dave? Yeah, we're where's out Dave? of here. Well, they still had Jim there, too. <laughs> they had Jim and they have Dave Cook and both of those guys are freaking awesome. Right. But um, Jim always amazed me because I, I could sit and watch Jim work mm-hmm. behind the bar, just sit there and watch him work. He works. I move fast behind the bar, and I am, I'm really good at volume bartending. Jim can make half the movements that I make and get twice as much done. Wow! It blows my mind. He he's the single best bartender that I've ever worked with. Now you I, make me want to go have a drink and sit and watch Jim. Watch Jim Bergen on a busy night, and he will blow your mind. It, and especially knowing the ins and outs of the way that bar works, you know, having intimate knowledge of that bar and just the way it goes. I, He's at home. I, I sit there. You're in his home. Yeah, yeah I, and I, I just sit there and I'm dumbfounded by how much he can do with such minimal movement. <laughs> but, well, now I have to yeah, see Yeah, it, it was a good time. And there was some, there was some like really crazy things that happened there. There's one story that is so typical of... You know, just where we are as a society. I, um, I had it was a slow night, and I had a man and woman sitting at the bar, and they were sitting two seats apart from each other. So there were two seats in between them, and they were both on their phones the entire night. And and they didn't want, they didn't want me to talk to them. They didn't want to carry on any conversation. So it was just essentially me sitting there watching the two of them eat. Well, the guy's phone died, and he asked me if I had a charger. I did not have a charger. So he said, all right, well. So he sets his phone down. What am I going to do now? Yeah, what do I do now? <laughs> the lady beside him asked me if I had a charger. And I said, no, I don't have a charger. She said, my phone's about to die. Well, they end up talking. It turns out they were on their phones emailing each other back and forth. She was from Atlanta and he was from Chicago and they just ended up in the same bar. Two seats in between them. They were both in the same business selling medical supplies, I think is what it was. And so she had been trying to like set up a meeting with him and he was trying to do the same thing with her and they were they were sitting there going back and forth emailing all, each other all night. But the only reason that they knew that they were yeah, in the same ask, is because like, they spoke to one another. That is the only way that their phones died and they were forced to speak oh, to see, another see, human. How did it come up? How did they figure out that they were emailing each other? So, you know, once they couldn't use their phones anymore, they, they were forced talk, into conversation right? and they were sitting there and they were just, you know, 
chatting along and asking each other what they did. And they're like, oh, I'm in medical sales. And she's like, oh, me too. And uh, he's like, oh, well, who do you work for? And back and forth. And you're watching all this unfold. And I watched all of it unfold. Yeah, it was was like (laughs) real life. I I, I couldn't believe that all of it was just happening like right in front of me. That's neat. So other crazy stuff is um, I had... I had a group of people come in one night and they were all sitting around the end of the bar, all dressed really, really nice. And they're sitting there talking and they're having drinks. And this conversation comes up about some restaurant in New York. And they're talking about how, how much fun it would be to eat there. And one of the guys is like, why don't we? They got a helicopter chartered to the top of the, uh, one of the buildings downtown, they get a helicopter to come pick them up downtown, fly them to the airport, and they chartered a plane to New York to go eat at a restaurant up there. That they just that brought they, up. On a, a yeah. whim. And who were these people? No idea who they were. Wow. No idea who those people were. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, just that level of that level of money to I know, just right? be like, oh, yeah, let's just charter two flights and go eat at this restaurant in New York. If I had that level of infinity money, I would put a parking place in the middle of the woods and then hire somebody to watch it to make sure that nobody else parked there. I pay them. More, please. Yeah. More, please. What else would you do? That's, that's so funny. Like, I would put a parking meter on it, too. Pay, just to like, I, I would pay, pay somebody someone. a ridiculous amount of money, like and like you know, have them like dress in a uniform. Yeah, yeah, dress in a uniform, drive there every morning, walk you a quarter of a mile so through the woods funny. to stand there and make sure that nobody parked in my parking spot. Gosh, you're funny. I love that. <laughs> I love your mind. You know, Dave is an amazing artist too. He's not just a a drink slinger. He's a great artist, and he has awesome style. And oh, he's a great singer. Uh, I don't know if. If you know who King Super was, but I remember King Super. He he still lives. King Super still lives in the in the back of my mind. Oh, uh, it was great. King Super would always dress in crazy costumes and have great backdrops and themes. And it's my kind of band. I love a band that that has style, man. You, you know, all had style. We started that as just a way to get away from our girlfriends on Tuesday night. <laughs> And it was a joke. It, it was it was an absolute joke. And I always said, I was like, you know, we can play anything we want in Steve's music room. And so, right. you know, we started doing New Kids on the Block and Britney Spears yes. and, you know, Honky Tonk, Badonka Donk. And right. Just the, the dumbest things that we could think of. And we're like, hey, let's book a show. <laughs> and was it the pub? Yeah, was it, it was the pub. I just started to say. Charles Ellis booked it. Oh, Charles. Yeah. In this community, uh, Scott and Bernadette are the best about giving artists, kooky people, whatever you want to call them, individ- these characters, chances and um, platforms yeah. for creativity because they're so creative themselves. And, and I really love how they nurture the community that way. But so, yeah, your first, you, of course, you called them up and Charles is like, get over Well, here. I was standing at the end of the bar and Charles had just taken over. Um, he was going to start doing the booking at the pub. Yeah. And uh, Charles was working behind the bar. And Bernadette said, well, we need a band for for this night. It was, it was like September 20th and, or maybe September 10th. 
And Charles, um, well, I, I was standing there. I was like, I've got a band. <laughs> and Bernadette said, you have a band? I said, yeah, yeah. She's like, what's it called? I was like, front page news. <laughs> and It's like carry a clipboard and act like you know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was totally a Wayne White moment of like, fake it until you make right. it. I was like, yeah, I got a band. So at, at that time, it was, it was me and Scuba Steve and Rusty Davidson. Yeah. And so I, was, I, I called Scuba and I said, hey, I just booked a show. <laughs> He's like, what do you mean you booked Put a show? Put on your big I was boy like, pants. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it's like September 10th. And he goes, we need a guitar player. It was probably like early August. Okay, I so think. you got a little bit of time. Yeah, so we had a little bit of time to learn 20 Everything. garbage <laughs> songs. It was just awful, awful tunes. Um, but... I mean, it was one in, one out at the pub that night. Yeah. And we were like, all right, well, that had to be just a fluke. And we played again, and it was one in, one out that night. And we all just sat in the back like, what is wrong with people? <laughs> what is wrong with people? We are playing the, this is a joke. <laughs> like, we are playing the worst music that we can possibly find. Yeah. And people were just eating it up. Uh, and We loved it. Yeah. We loved it. Well, it was freaking awesome, man. I mean, it helped it was so that we... fun. You all were so fun. Yeah, yeah. And you got into it. And like I said, the costumes and the themes and stuff. Building stage sets. Yes. And yeah. I mean, you you t you could tell that you put a lot of work into it. So that also makes you want to support somebody like you guys, you know? Yeah, it was one of those things. I, I, I said that I will never get on stage in the cleanest, dirty T-shirt that I've got. Right. And like so many times you see bands you and do. it's like there's just, you know, they're they're noodling through the tunes and they're yeah. just, yeah, they're playing songs. They're not right. putting on a show. Right. And I, I yeah, think, you I think all if definitely you're on, put on a show. Yeah, yes, you know, if you're on stage, you owe it to the audience and like all the people that are sitting out in front of you, that's what the you're stage is for. You're there to entertain. You are. That's yeah. what the stage is for. And, you know, that's that's why you're there. Right. You know, shows go on stage. Well, you were great at it. Yeah. I Music it, comes out of a radio. I wish it would come back. Oh, that's good. I like yeah. that. Music comes out of a radio, but a show... Goes on stage. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, come back. Yeah. We, we've we talked about it. We've talked about playing again here. You should at least do a reunion soon. show just for the hell of it. You know? We played a couple of years ago at the Pilot oh, Light. I remember. We'd, we'd never played at the Pilot Light before, and it was just after things started opening back up and, you know, people were losing their their fear of covid so and you picked the tiniest venue in yeah. knoxville yeah. <laughs> the tiniest room yeah you picked the tiniest room to do it and brought two foggers oh well and, and maybe the fog would like mix with the covid and like kill it like I, attack I, I, the, the, maybe the fog would attack the COVID. yeah you know yeah fog machine juice kills covid <laughs> <laughs> Write that one down, kids. Right. <laughs> Did Write Trump that say down. That? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, where am I at? So you're at Chesapeake's. Yeah. So I just got tired of it. Yeah. And I was burnt out. You know, I was 13 years in one place, same old. Yeah, 13 years in one place, and it became just a chore, and I mm -hmm. couldn't do it anymore. And so I went out and I managed the bar at a marina down in Vonor. 
<laughs> thought it was going to be fun, and it was at first until it became 60-hour weeks in 100-plus degree heat, Yeah, 16-hour days, and I was driving an hour each way to get there, Mm-mm. to get there and back, and I would wake up in the morning and just do it again. Mm-mm. And That doesn't sound fun. No, it wasn't, and you know that really burnt me out on the service industry for a long time. Yeah. And I lived off the money that I met. The money was... Ridiculous. Really? Yeah. The money at the marina. Well, the, was you know, so those ridiculous. boaters and, and they come in and they drink a few beers and they just throw money at you. The only way that they have to show that they have money is to show you yeah. money. Right. Because everyone is dressed in the same way right. at a marina. Right. You're in you flip flops and shorts. Yeah. Maybe have a shirt. But if like you if you throw down salty dog wife beater, yeah. shorts and flip flops. Yeah. And sunglasses. And everybody's dressed the same so way. It's your boat. You, you can look right. at the boat. But, you know, you're away from the but boat. But other than that, or maybe your sunglasses. Are you yeah. wearing nice sunglasses? Yeah, yeah. But other than that, right. So, you know, if they see somebody beside them lay down 20, yeah. then they'll lay down 50. Right. And if somebody sees that guy lay down a 50, and they're like, well, I've got more money than he's got, then they'll lay down a 100. That kept you driving there. That kept me driving while. there. Yeah. Yeah. And making just ridiculous money but it really burnt me out on the service industry because it was just so much so much didn't you do some catering with um mill and mine don't you do catering you still do yeah i've i've been at mill and mine i I bartend concerts and do and do whatever they need me to do whenever i have time for it now yeah that's that's really cool of them i've i've picked up some shifts there and i was on that email list probably Two years after my last time I ever picked up there, but she would still put me on that email list, which I kind of appreciated. Yeah. Because I would always know what was going on at the mill and mine. I was like, ooh, so and so is playing? Yeah. Oh, cool. Now I'm not going to work it, but now I know who's playing at the mill and mine. (laughs) Yeah, I'm the worst about keeping up with things with social media. I I really don't like it. I, I, I don't like social media. But then I get so upset when I realize I've missed something. I'm like, yeah, me too. Dang it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear about things that I'm like, ah. Yeah. I would have gone to that. Yeah. A LCD sound system in Nashville mm. last month. Yeah. I had no idea. How do you find out everything? You can't find out everything. Some people There's do so it. There's so much going on. I know. Look, I like a lot of things, though. So yeah. it's, it's one of those weird things where I can either spend FaceTime on my phone finding out about yeah. things or just... Go out and do them, find them. Yeah. yeah. But I'm not really adventurous like that much anymore. I prefer sitting at home and cutting out paper, <laughs> making cats. Your cats. Yeah, oh. my paper cats. So um, do you have a website? or? I have my stuff posted on Instagram. Uh, Give your Instagram because I want people to see your cats. I love them. I have one in my kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Which you... You've got the first one that I did. I love yeah. it. And I hung it down at the bottom of my floorboard, so it looks like we have a cat in our kitchen. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's at David Kane Art. That's D A V I D C A I N Art A R T. Yeah, check him out. It's yeah, I like it. I'll get on and follow you. So maybe oh, nice, I can share nice. some of your stuff too. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about Yeehaw because I love. Yeehaw join in our neighborhood. It's yeah. I think it fits. I do too. I, I think it's a fun space. 
I've I've been there like four times, and every time I've been, I've had a good time. And you've got that Princess Chicken. Yeah, the Princess Chicken is a big draw. The beer is awesome. Yeehaw doesn't make a bad beer. No. Mm-mm. And a lot of people think Yeehaw is just the stuff that you buy in the grocery store. And it's that's only a very small fraction of right. what we have. And our brewers are great. Yeah. Um, Chris Meadows is fantastic. He's the and, head head brewmaster. Yeah, he's the head brewmaster at Yeehaw. And it's just a big space. And, I mean, we do have a Jumbotron. Yesterday was our first game day. Oh, Lord. We were kind of scared. We didn't know what to yeah, expect. I'm kind of scared for you. Yeah. Um, but it went it went well. It was an away game, but we were well, still that's the very, very, very Like di- when you get a, a home game that plays that you can play on the jumbo tron. Uh, a home SEC be, game is going to be something be else. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. Don't go near central on that day. Yeah. Mental yeah. note for myself. <laughs> it's 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 great though. So many people now just Uber or Lyft there. Yeah. And that is that's what's great. I mean, we do have limited parking. You do, but and a lot of street parking though. There's a lot of street mm. parking around there, but highly encourage people to like lift there right. or Uber there and yeah. or bus. You could take a bus. Yeah, actually. you can take the bus. Yeah, but the bus doesn't really run late night, so not oh, through there. True. Or those annoying also, scooters. Rest in peace, trolley downtown trolley. Yeah. So. So um, walkouts. Have you ever? One sticks out in my mind. That is. <laughs> Just ingenious and diabolical. I, I couldn't even be mad about it. Absolutely like, okay, diabolical. You, yeah. <laughs> so I respect mad respect. You got this me. was yeah. this was I was working at Chesapeake's and uh, the day shift bartender has three tables to the side of the bar and mm-hmm. they, they don't have tables at night. But the day shift bartender has three tables beside the bar and. Um, table 61 sits all the way back in the corner Mm -hmm. and a guy came in and he's very well dressed. Mm -hmm. He, uh, had on a suit, brought his book, his glasses, like he comes in and he's dressed really nice and he sits down, he orders an appetizer and he gets a glass of wine and he's sitting there and he's just reading his book. And then he orders filet and lobster for his entree. And he sits there and eats that. Um, and then he ordered dessert. Mm-hmm. And he, sa- he looked at me and he said, hey, I'm going to go outside and take a phone call. I will be right back. Right. So he left. Did he take his book? He left his book, his glasses, and the j- his suit jacket. Wow. Sitting at the table. To convince you that he would be back. Yeah. As and, anyone would think. And then yeah. and then he just never came back. And the dessert sat there on the table. And it suddenly dawned on me what had happened. He had gone to a thrift store. Yes. Picked up a $2 suit jacket, mm-hmm. a 10-cent book, yes. and a 50-cent pair of glasses. Oh, wow. And ordered to the nines. Oh. Had cocktails... He had glasses of wine, ordered three courses. Sweet, sweet guy, nice Absolutely guy, respectful the whole time to you. The yeah. whole time. A whole character he yeah. created. And he, you know, I didn't think anything about it of him saying, hey, I'm going to step out and take yeah. this phone call. So after that about 30 minutes, I was like, oh, my I've God. I've been had. 
this guy just got, you know, $150 worth of food and drinks for less than $4. And he's long gone. Yeah, and long gone. He probably walked out to his beat up car. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then just drove off and into the sunset. Laughing. Yeah. And oh, wow. I couldn't be mad about it because no, I thought, yeah. this is ingenious. And you kind of want to want to know where else he pulled it off. I know. Like and how is many, he still that doing it? His first, yeah, and is, yeah, he, is still he still doing, doing, it? doing it? Oh, wow. <laughs> but I, and what if, or, or even more diabolical, he does have money. He does live that lifestyle. Yeah. But he's got so much money that he can leave that suit coat. Yeah. He can leave those glasses. He just does it for the thrill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Either way, so cool. But when you could do it for $4 other than like, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah. I like that story. Yeah, it was great. We're I, probably giving people ideas. I know. <laughs> I, and that's, it's kind of dangerous. Is this irresponsible? Yeah, a little. It's like those people that make murder shows that. You could totally like you could. I've learned a lot watching Dateline. I oh, could me too. Totally get away with murder. Well, you think? Should I say that on? I can say that. I'm never going to murder anyone. So <laughs> I can <either>. say that. <laughs> but I, could, I, I, could, I love. I, I love true crime though. <laughs> yeah, like I, I love watching true crime. Me too. Yeah. That, that's my. I guess that's my weakness. That, that's one of the things that I watch. Oh, so. me too, dude. And podcasts. Lots yeah, of, I love lots podcasts too. Yeah. I try to be. I do listen to a lot of that are just grim, nothing but grim. So I try to mix in some funny podcast, you know, to take mm -hmm. a little break. And I kind of want to be that for people that need a little break from the, the podcast where they're, you're like vacuuming and or washing dishes or doing something like totally mundane and in your ear. You're like, they found her torso. <laughs> like, <it's> like, <laughs> yeah. She was bludgeoned to death. It's like, what? Yeah. I, it, you, you actually she was like murdered if by you, pellet rifle and fingernail clippers. So, right, what? Right? I know, and you're like, is this real? Like, am I like, why and am then, I so like, la la la? And, and, and then, and, like in the back of your head, you're like, say it again. <laughs> say it one more time. Tell me about yeah. it. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, I, I could never be that person, but like, tell me about them. I know, but you hope you hope it'll make you like be a little bit more prepared. Mm -hmm. In case you ever, I mean, I know as a woman, you know, we're trying to, which we are the majority of the ones that get murdered on these shows, yeah. so, you know. Yeah. So we like, I don't know. I think a lot of women listen to true crime because it's kind of like a, you know, a way to maybe be a little bit more prepared mm -hmm. in case. But I yeah. have a feeling that I'm in the, in the, was it freeze, flight? There's flight, fight, flight. Or freeze, mm -hmm. and I think I'm probably freeze. What do you think you are? Oh. I, luckily, I haven't come across an encounter where I know for sure yet, but I bet I'd be freeze. I think I would fight. Yeah, good for you. I want to uh, be that. I want to be that. <laughs> yeah, I, I would try to work it out. Yeah? You know, verbally first. <laughs> well, I'm always awed you know. by those people that can talk their attackers or captors or whatever they can like talk them into like letting them go yeah like That's mentally seduce them crazy and, yeah yeah like that woman that made breakfast for that guy that he he escaped prison and he invaded her home on his escape and she sat him down at the kitchen table and made him eggs and by the time it was over he turned himself in wow <laughs> like, yeah. 
<laughs> that happened in, I think it was in Tennessee, anyway. Have you ever waited on anybody famous? Yeah, I keep asking, I've, I keep asking these same questions like of my guests, but I they're all different answers. So I don't know. I'm intrigued. So, um, John Prine. No, I love John Prine. Uh, John Prine used to come to Chesapeake's every time that he was in town. Oh, wow. That's um, so cool. I got really drunk with Johnny Majors one time. <laughs> that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I sat at the bar at Chesapeake's and I went drink for drink with Johnny Majors until nice. until he quit drinking. He was a lot a lot of fun to so talk you, to. So you are saying you out drank? No, Johnny no, Majors? I did not. Until <laughs> like he would always come in and like ask where I was if I wasn't there and Johnny came in, mm-hmm. he would ask, you know, where I was. Like yeah. after that night that we sat at the bar and got right. drunk. And then then Johnny eventually quit drinking. I ran into him at the um the uh, Fellini, fe- no, Rossini Festival. The Fellini uh, Festival, which would that's be a every whole day. different... That's every day yeah, downtown. That would be a completely yeah. different festival. But, we um, need to have a Fellini Festival. The, we could have it in the parking lot of Kroger's you, you on Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> the Fellini Kroger. Okay, go ahead. Um, but I ran into him at the Rossini Festival, and he pointed at me and said, Hey, where are you going? I said, I'm going to try to find some chicken on a stick. He goes, <laughs> and he grabbed... He grabbed me under the arm and said, let's go. Aww. And so uh, we went down and we, we walked through the Rossini Festival together. That was, that was pretty cool. And then I guess like the one person that is the coolest experience I had was with John Bell uh, of Widespread Panic. Oh, yeah? He loved Chesapeake's. And one night he came in and he sat down at the bar and he was wearing this black hoodie with the with the hood up and he was sitting there and he ordered incognito yeah he ordered a johnny black on the rocks and when i poured it i sat it down and i got close to him i said i know who you are <laughs> and he goes shh i was like don't worry like, your I secret's you. safe with me i got you and so we sat there and he sat he sat at the bar it was just me and him for probably three hours that what? night and we just talked and talked and talked. Oh, wow. And when it was time to go, he said, hey, you want to come to the show tomorrow night? I was like, yeah, yeah, I'd Hell love yeah, to come to the come show. To he, show goes, he goes, great, man. I'll, uh, he goes, you want to come the next two nights? What? And so Because they were doing like, two shows. Were they at the Tennessee? It was at the Tennessee. Yeah, they were playing a three-night stretch at the Tennessee. I worked those shows. He left me two tickets and backstage passes to every night. And then it became a thing where he would just come into town. He would come in, even if he didn't eat, he would come in, say hey, and tell me I had tickets. Dave, I love that. At uh, the Tennessee Theater, which was awesome. And um, that was years ago, though. So I'm pretty sure I probably saw you at that show. If I was working, I was just pouring beer all night. Yeah. I'm sure I saw you. I'm sure you. But I didn't know that you were there for it. That's so amazing. Yeah. What did you all connect on? Like, is there something that sticks out the most that you all have in common? uh, He was, he was like getting into photography at the time. And I was sitting behind the bar and I was just making things out of corks. And Mm -hmm. um, so I built this man out of corks and paper clips and. Can't stop an artist. Yeah. And different. (laughs) And, uh, the uh, cages from champagne bottles. And right. I just built like this figure and he said, can I have that? I was like, yeah, you can have it. And so I just gave it to him. I was like, I'm just, you know, I'm 
fiddling. I'm just doing stuff with my hands. So he took it with him. And as so far cool. as I know, like he said it was sitting on a shelf. Last time I talked to him, he said it was sitting on a shelf in his house. Even better. That's um, so great. He has a Dave Bowers piece. Yeah, he does. Damn. He has a Dave Lucky Bowers guy. piece. Lucky yeah. guy. <gasps> Wait, he and I share that. Yeah, y'all we sh- both y'all have David common bond. Wow, yeah. it's two degree. It's two degrees separation of of uh, what Dave Bell. What's his name again? <laughs> you can tell what a widespread panic I am. Oh, Kevin Bacon. Wait, <laughs> oh, John Bell. Yeah. <laughs> but the game is Kevin Bacon. Right. It's two degrees of separation. John Bell version. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's a really great story. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, it was a really cool time, and I, um, you know, I had an extra backstage pass every night, so. Yeah, what happened when you went backstage? So we would just end up all the girls you could have, all the beer you could drink, and all the girls you could. It was nothing like that. We literally sat back there and talked about birds, and um, he's really into crystals. Yeah. So uh, we talked about crystals, and which is something like the hamburger. No. Well, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he was maybe talking about I, the hamburger the whole time. Well, he he would have someone go to his room and, and set up his hotel room with crystals before he got there. And now I'm wondering. It might have been one of those pyramids of yeah. all the little boxes. Yeah. Like, yeah. You should have been more specific, dude. He, yeah. <laughs> I, that makes me question Or a bunch of girls now. named Crystal. It could have gone a whole different. It could have gone all kinds of ways. Yeah. But we're assuming the rocks. Okay. Yeah. So um, he's into crystals. So... I took back my friend Clark one night, my friend Matt, who never, he had never been to concerts. He's never been one to go to concerts or anything like that. Yeah. And I was like, hey, man, I've got tickets and backstage passes to this show if you want to go. And he had a really good time. And he just thought it was weird that this larger than life personality on stage was just such a normal down to earth guy. Right. Because that's kind of a character. Yeah. Yeah. That it's, he plays. it's the character that he yeah. plays on stage. And then. One night, I didn't have anybody else to go back with me. There was a girl in our row seated next to me, and I had on I had on the sticker that said "backstage post show." Uh huh. And she was like, "Where did you get that?" I was like, "From John." <laughs> and she's like, "No way." I was like, "Yeah, yeah." Way. I, I was like, "I I get tickets and backstage passes to like every show." She's like, "How do you know him?" I was like, "Just you know." casually meeting him and I was like I've got an extra one if you want to go back and meet him after the show oh my gosh and made her she she was like year she was like it was her 77th show in which you know 77 is like you know it's like pretty yeah 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 I'm I'm like full-on seven so like speaking of crystals yeah um so she was like no way I was like you can go but you just got to be cool. Don't like, gush. You, yeah. Don't be that don't, girl. Don't gush. Yeah. Don't be that person. Be cool, man. <laughs> so we were all sitting back there, and it was... Um, who's the guitarist? Brock knows. What's his name? Um, long hair. He's an old friend of Brock's that plays... <clears throat> oh, what? Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy Herring. Jimmy Herring. So it was me, Jimmy Herring, John, this other guy named Dave, and... Um, um, what is her Colonel name? Colonel Bruce Hampton. <gasps> no. <laughs> no. It wasn't Colonel Bruce. Um, it's not important what her name is. Um, but Annie. Oh, Annie. That's right. So it's all of us sitting back there. And I looked across the room and she's sitting there and she's Shaking. just like 
vibrating. Wow. Like, she can't believe that she's just sitting in a yeah. room and we're talking about, like, just Birds the most inane, yeah. inane stuff. And... And she's in she's in crazy town. She's she is in surreal. Yeah, she is literally just what like in her dream yeah. world. And she looked at me and goes, "Can I freak out for just like one second? No, it was she was about to and, explode. And I was like, "Hey, John. Sometimes you have to le- relieve the pressure valve. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I looked at her and said, "Hey, John, do you mind if she fangirls for a second? And he goes, "I'll allow it." <laughs> and he looks up and he looks over at her, and she just starts. Like shaking and like screaming and like stomping her feet. I can't. Yeah, Yeah. stomping her feet. And she's like, I cannot believe I'm here. And uh, and (laughs) I will uh, allow it. (laughs) And so uh, John got up and he goes, "It's real." And he gave her a hug. He's like, "It's real. You're okay." (laughs) And uh, she is just in. She's bawling. I, I can't imagine seeing a band, you know, 70-something times. You know, I, and then you're just, sitting across from them. Yeah, and then you're In the sitting, basement of the Tennessee. Yeah, uh, you're sitting across from your idol. Yeah, that's and, a lot. That's yeah, heavy. Yeah, and it was just one of those things where, I don't know, it was fun to watch. Yeah. It was fun to see her freak out and, like, be a part of, like, Making that I just moment to say, in someone you did that for her, man. Yeah, yeah, That's and really making sweet. that moment in someone else's yeah, life. Yeah, because that feels good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're a good guy, Dave. Oh, thanks, DC. I, I try. I try. I love you. DC stands for decent. <laughs> decent boy. Decent boy. <laughs> you are. I love you, and thank love you, you too, so Amy. much for coming. Oh, you're over welcome. Here. It's fun. So check out Dave's art. Yeah, David Kane. At David Kane Art. That's Kane, C-A-I-N. Yeah, and maybe slot into his DM and say, do another reunion show, show with King, yeah, Super. King Super. Do you have any uh, videos of you all, like on YouTube or anything? There's tons of stuff on oh, YouTube. Oh, guys. There's tons you... of embarrassing stuff on YouTube. Oh, well, then definitely. Please yeah. go on YouTube and, and, and search for King Super. <laughs> and go by Yeehaw. And, yeah, go by Yeehaw and tell come see hi. me. I'm there... Um, Friday and Saturday morning, and then Sunday and Monday night. Yeah. Tell him, tell us from the tip, sent you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. Go to work. Yeah. You gotta go to I've work. I've gotta go to work now, yeah. All right. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. All right. Bye. And that's my cool friend, Dave Bowers. Your assignment for the next couple of weeks is to Google Wayne White. If you caught that reference from Dave and you don't know who he is, check him out. And check out my Instagram to see a pic of Dave. And the links to his Instagram will be in my show notes. I won't keep you any longer. Like and subscribe and strive to be more like Dolly. I'll be back. Thanks. Thanks.